Hello there, ladies and gentlemen of the congregation. Welcome to Church and Other Drugs. My name is Jed. I hope everyone is recovered, recovering well from uh, the weekend of fierce, fierce battles. We had Endgame, we had Game of Thrones. If you want to hear uh, full-on discussion slash spoilers, check out uh, patreon.com backslash Church and Other Drugs. Me and Tyler... Uh, on this week of Tyler and Jed Go to the Movies, talk all about in-game, but we saved the spoilers for the last half of the episode, so the first 30 minutes are spoiler-free because we are very forward-thinking and uh, respectful, I think is the word. Um, sorry about the late episode again, but tonight is John Ladd from the band 710 Split and uh, his new musical project, Courage Dear Heart. Uh, this interview turned out incredibly awesome. Uh, I had no idea it was going to go the direction it did, but we talk a lot about, um, psychedelics and psychedelic experiences and John's unique, um, what ifs about the nature of reality and God and all sorts of stuff. And then we get some history into, uh, the beginnings and endings of 710 splits and all that good stuff. My, uh, my mother Miriam requested that I make clear who I'm interviewing because she said sometimes she just doesn't know. Sorry about that, Miriam. So there you go, John Ladd, Seven Ten Split. Um, check out his music, Courage to Your Heart, on Spotify, YouTube, all that good stuff, and send me an email, Church and Other Drugs at Gmail dot com, uh, and we will see you next week. here all right we're doing it so john how you doing buddy doing awesome man what you been up to working 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 my off days are uh sunday and monday so today is my monday yeah man we i'm always working i think no i mean it's fun though i love it yeah yeah and then i had the uh i go to the dentist i didn't go for dude i don't know like eight years and I've recently started going again in the last four years, but I haven't been in like two years. So I go to the dentist today and I can't stand the dentist. I hate it so yeah. much. And it's so much money. Yeah. I went down that route pretty, pretty recently. It's not awesome. So. No, no, it's not. It's like, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. It's like, I'm going to give you a bunch of money to torture me in a chair. Yes. No, I'm out. I'm out on that one. No. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, no, that's so uh, well, glad you're through it. Yeah, well, I'm through phase one. I have two cavities. I got to go get filled later, but I was like, I don't have the money for it. So I'll be back in like a month. You yeah, can torture me again. So you work at Terminus Tees now, right? Yeah, now I do. Yeah, about 12 years ago, I started Terminus Tees with uh, sex with the guy who used to make um, t shirts for my old band. And uh, after the band stopped, I was like, well, why don't we just start a, a company together? And that's how it kind of came about. And then I used all the contacts from knowing everybody in the band days. And um, I also, when I was home from tour, I had work at do, I would do marketing jobs for like Pepsi and, and stuff like that. So I had a lot of marketing contacts there. So that's kind of how that came about. Yeah. Wait, but you, have you lived in Georgia the entire time? Yeah, I've never, I've always lived, there's a town called Marietta, Georgia. It's right outside oh, yeah. of Atlanta. And I've lived there my whole life. Um, but for touring, yeah, we played like 44, 45 states, something like that. So I, I think I think that's where I was born. I always forget. It's near Stone Mountain, right? Uh, where's that? Marietta? Marietta is on the north 
west side of uh, Stone Mountain's on the far east. Oh, Decatur. That's where I was born. Yes. Why did I think Marietta? But yes, so I'm originally from South Carolina, so that's, gotcha. that's my neck. And I was going to say, you worked for Pepsi in, in Georgia. Does Coca-Cola know about this? Oh, yeah. And no, were they okay I, with it? I grew up like uh, I grew up a, a Coke kid. That sounds interesting. But yes, Coke kid. Uh, but the uh, Pepsi is trying to infiltrate down here. And I was like, I, uh, yeah. Scandals. But it, you know, it was it was a great marketing. It was, a, it was a marketing job that I could do and still do the band and pick it up when I got back from tour. So yeah. it was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I got Matt Schwartz from Pacifico a job there. But I knew Matt Schwartz way back before that in the band days. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was about to say that's a good enough jumping off point. Let's. So you, if if I'm correct, you're you were in some forty one. Is that? Am I getting that right? Uh, the yeah. Strokes. That was it. Yeah. No. So you were in um seven ten split. So how, how, when, and why? How did all that come together? That that came out of uh. It's funny. We started in a in a way. Some of us were playing in. Uh, we went to a southern no an independent Baptist school. Not not. Not Southern Baptist. I'm talking deeper. This is a little crazier. So we were in a what do they call it? They call them praise bands at that point. I don't know. So yeah, I think some, it would have been praise band. Yeah, and then we were like, we were learning the songs. Then we would just goof around in high school, you know, like after practice, and then write our own stuff, and it morphed. And then me and the drummer, uh, and then you know, kids, small bands. You you know, kid goes away to college, this that the other. So. We all got out of high school eventually, just writing kind of songs goofing off and um, started writing songs and like, let's have a band name, let's do the real thing. And then pretty quick, man, uh, a, couple, a couple years out of high school, I mean, we uh, decided let's just do it. And uh, well, long story short, my mom and dad moved out of the country. My dad went to go live in Micronesia. So I was like, well, I got to do something. So it was like missionary? Got, no, they, no, uh, they missile defense. So uh-huh. if, <laughs> quite the opposite. Yes. If, if somebody on that side of the world shot a nuclear missile at us, they like old school missile command style. Like shoot it down. Yeah, that's funny. That's what my dad's job. Well, he was on a B 52, so he would have been carrying the nuclear missile that would have counter-striked Moscow. That was his entire job in the air force. He was just ready to go. Ready yeah. To go. So they moved away and I was like, well, what do I, I got to do something. So I figured out a, like a basement to live in for like a hundred bucks a week or a month or something like that. So I could go on tour and actually do a band. And like, that's what it's kind of like the band became a thing out of like necessity almost. Yeah. yeah. There's like, it's kind of like, yeah, I, I've, I've told some, some guys who are like, Oh, I've got some good songs, but I don't know if I'm ready to play, you know, live yet. Maybe it's just a guy with an acoustic guitar. I mean, recently and I'm like, just book, book a show. I don't care. Hop coffee house, book it a month and a half from now. And you better be ready. Yeah. How, like, so what? So you, so you went to a super? Was it a religious private high school? Yeah, it was super, super crazy. You know what's interesting? We had most schools. I think have what seven classes in a day, seven periods. You know, yep. we had eight because they they trimmed off five minutes of all the regular education to fit in Bible class. Oh, nice. So so therefore, everyone coming out of the Christian school technically, you're that much less educated on all the subject matters. Yeah. So, if you want to do the math on that. No, the, but you get to, you got to elect what kind of um, class you want to be in. And I was, I love the, the, they had a Bible question answer class. So they brought a guy in from a retired guy from Lee university uh-huh. uh, to teach the class. And he had all these answers and then he's like, he, we just write questions and they throw them in a ball and he pick it up and, Tell us the the secrets of the Bible, and uh, and I was like, oh man, here we go. So uh, so I, I just from that age, I love to think creatively around those things. So yeah, so that's what I did then. What and was I, there? And, and I asked because like, what was their stance on music, like secular music? Well, I guess music, but I guess even like because the whole Christian punk music was like not really a thing yet so like were they was there any pushback that they're like this is what what is all this yeah so uh it's funny you ask that because i remember getting it was either life and no no it was it was teenage politics by mxpx Uh or maybe even poconagia one of the first two mxpx cds and i was i was like waiting for the class start so i'm reading the the insert you know just reading looking at the artwork all of a sudden the uh, one of the teachers takes it up 
and it's gone. I'm like, man, I just lost my CD, you know. She comes back after school later, and she's like, I, re I read over the lyrics, and there was enough, you know, they seem like, you know, they're wholesome guys, but I just wish they, I wish they didn't dress so worldly, is what she said. Oh, my gosh. And I was just so like. So worldly. I don't know. Everybody's got, I look back, and even what makes me, I think, good at marketing is in the moment I see, like, weird flips and stuff on, on when people say stuff like that, and I was like, Worldly, I said, you know what? I bet you the most worldly outfit you could wear would probably be a suit and tie while you're banging your uh, secretary on her desk. Right. Um, so, yeah, the suit that the pastor's wearing is the same as that guy. You know? Yeah. Want to go that route. Oh, that's funny. Sure, yeah, don't get me wrong. Some kids with mohawks have busted out some windows and been, been a little grumpy sometimes, but I don't think they've decimated full uh, companies and people's lives. You know? Right. <laughs> so, so I was so what was your if you even remember uh what was your beliefs back then like did you buy what you were taught were you in it were you well i always like again i like to always think of things creative and i i don't know if the word buy into i was always curious about it i had this idea that said even now today actually you know i'd be the first one to, like i'm i'm curious about things i, I i'm not I like the idea that no one knows anything, first of all, you know, and, and we can play around with ideas, but I, uh, I like, there's not enough, like I, I, maybe somebody could have experience that they've had for themselves, but it's very hard for me to show you that experience, you know, and, and sure. maybe, you know, so subjective. So still, I, I like to look at it at the whole thing is like, man, I wonder what's hidden underneath all the surface, you know, um, and because uh, what I learned at the so I guess to answer your question, what I believe I, I or, or would I buy into their stuff? Not all of it, because I saw so much like fear and tweaking of rules that, that this was OK, but that wasn't. But I, I just didn't like I just didn't like the idea that somebody was trying to tell me that there's this cosmic being that was like me, but he's way more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um like right. he's changing his mind on some stuff. He, he's uh, wishy-washy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, he's having a hard time nailing down uh, what he, what he thinks. <laughs> what, what is your, what were your parents' beliefs? Southern Baptist stuff. Yeah. Southern Baptist. They, they grew up down in South Georgia. Uh huh. Uh, they took us up to Atlanta uh, just to get us away from, uh, no, I love the people down there. No problem about that, but just wanted to get us, uh, there's some, racism stuff down there that my mom got to witness firsthand, you know, and not that, um, and real, and I, again, I love my family down there. There's nothing wrong with that, but she, we just wanted something different. And plus for my dad's job, job at Georgia tech, you know, it just made sense. Get us up there. But then it, it, uh, growing up and going to a school like the high school we went to, it was just, is it, 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 again, it was all this, like, how do I, what are the, what's the right equation to look, a certain way or be a certain way and is this pleasing to God or is that pleasing to God? You know, you get, it's like this anxiety and this fear and I think um, I, I just gave up I slowly gave up but then I had a, a moment probably around five or six years ago where I I really decided that that's why I started writing Courage to Your Heart music as a new project that I do I just decided I'm done with fear I'm done with being afraid you know I just I'm so done with it it's just I'm done and I realized that a lot of the people that annoyed me, I realized, first of all, I was the one who was annoyed. They're the ones who saying like all these things about the equation I was telling you about, like this is worldly, that's not. And I realized, wait a minute, they're so scared. They're, everybody's so scared. Oh, yeah. And, and this weird, I guess, empathy almost. Like I started to get like a list. Like I, I'd hear that even even nowadays if I hear somebody talk like that. I'm wondering, man, how are they scared? Like what's going on there? And I get way more compassionate. I try to be at least. And try to not be annoyed about it because I want them to be more curious. And, um, yeah, I, I like the well, ideas. We'll, we'll definitely get there. And maybe you can counsel me on that because that's that's where I I lived for most of my life, I would say. But so so you started um, 710 Split. What was the – so was the goal anything really more than – you know, let's just start a band and see where it goes. There was no like missional statement or where was it just kids having fun? No, I mean, there was definitely, um, here, yeah, there, there was, 
you know, because at the same time when we were starting out, we're coming out of that culture and trying to figure out for ourselves. So now I've got myself with ideas. Plus you have other people in a band that they all have families with their ideas instead of having this. And, but we had definitely had a goal. Let's make good music. That, that's the first thing. Um, some of the very, very, very earlier uh, split stuff was on a label called Screaming Giant Records. Mm-hmm. Definitely a Christian. They actually had a TV show on uh, TBN. Is that what it was? Uh, oh, yeah, TBN. Was that, that the 700 Club? Yes, yeah. So they had a TV show on that. So I couldn't sit here and say, like... Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. D-Rock was what it was called. Yeah. But but we... I like to think we always were kind of like, oh, we're the Christian dudes in a band then. How about that, you know? Um and then it, eventually we just stopped. I think a lot of people just stopped talking about it eventually one day. You know, we just like, uh, it's just like, I think people got tired of, uh, you know, labeling all these things, I guess, like that, you know. Was but, ever, were all the band members Christians? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, we all grew up in that kind of scene, though. But 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 we all had our ways. And I think, no, every single one of us are probably more like I'm talking to you now, like more like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be afraid anymore of this stuff. I'm just, it's just not. Yeah. Right. So yeah. what what was uh how was the early successes? What was kind of the band trajectory? So the early successes was to, you know, just drive around and make good music, of course. Definitely played a lot of shows that we considered Christian or church shows. They paid very, very, very well. Like you know I what I mean? Keep hearing that. Are you will you throw out some numbers? I've heard like sure. uh the, like we would go to what was really interesting is you play some places where first of all they they'd be like, Well, I did guarantee you this money so they had to go ahead and get a check written from the, you know, like the treasurer of the counter before the show. So they walk up and there you'd be like, oh, here's fifteen hundred dollars. I told you I'd have for a Wednesday night show, by the way, because there's a lot of stuff going on in churches on Wednesday nights. And the club scene is very hard to find a Wednesday night. Yeah, <laughs> they'll pay you fifteen hundred or more. Um, you know, we, we had a show in Canada that was like they would pay us like twenty five hundred dollars plus. We got all of our merch sales, but it was a, like in a big like a gym that was a side of a church, but there was like, they bring in production have about 800 kids. I mean, I love playing in Canada. Those kids like knew our songs. They were just so excited to see a, a they're like, Oh, it's an American punk rock band. And I was like, that just sounds weird. Now doubt nowadays you'd be like, I don't care about that. Yeah. Much. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this was like pre Silverstein and all that. Yeah, Cause we broke up in 2005. Oh so, yeah. yeah. So it was, it was like 2000, 2005. Um, but yeah, so there's still a Christian scene going on there. Uh, I bet we didn't feel um, there were a few times where someone was like, "Do you guys do like a message or anything?" We're like, "No, we don't do a message kind of thing." But um, you know, we didn't uh, we didn't cuss on stage. We did that all that we did all the bad stuff afterwards. Um, very wise, <laughs> very wise. Uh, no, and so there was a part of you that's always like, "Man, this I wish I could be my." myself you know and and still get paid fifteen hundred dollars so there's a conflict there for sure internally but you know i still the whole time i don't think i ever like told a kid uh to believe or not to believe something necessarily you know what i mean were, were there any other like uh christian band peers that you were close that y'all were close to that you still keep in contact with or because it's like that, the weird, and I, I guess it kind of started with uh, Dave Bazan. I think I talked to Matt about this as well, but it's like, it's the weirdest thing where all the Christian tooth and nail, that genre of bands that I grew up with, it's like, you know, uh, like 75% either are now atheist, they kind of take back everything they said, we never really believed, or they just got completely burned by the industry, or yeah. or whatever. What, it, did y'all have any um, close peers in the industry at the time, or that you still talk to? Yeah, yeah I mean, definitely, well, like you said, Matt, Matt uh, Schwartz from Pacifico, he works at Terminus with me, um, and of course, like John Walker that was in 7 to Split with me, he works at Terminus as well. I basically hire all my old – it's like the band retirement home is what Terminus is. So I mean, it sounds great. Yeah, so that's what we're doing here. But, um, no, I had somebody uh, that I tried to – when I released the Chris Dear Heart album, uh, somebody that was on Screaming Giant. Um, I kind of don't want to say his name out loud. But, yeah, that's uh, fine. He, he got really upset about Chris Dear Heart stuff. So I thought he was reaching out to me just to catch up on old times, but – there's some stuff that that I was saying in that music that he was really offended by, and I was and I, I was just like, man, I'm just asking questions. I'm just having, in a way that he is still very much, and I'm using air quotes, Christian or a certain brand of it, and your stuff is more questioning. And like, he's like, what's going on with you, man? 
He got a job as a worship leader in uh, okay. Alabama, like a church in Alabama. So, oh, yeah. so, so he he he's all into that. Real liberal, the state of Alabama is. I was like, he started like he like writing. I hadn't even transcribed my lyrics at that point, but he had transcribed it for me, which felt. I was like, man, at least you're paying attention. When I'm... <laughs> <laughs> so he's, but he's like, I don't see how this is possible. Blah 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 blah, and white like this that, and the other. So, I, um, yeah, he. He, he took what I was saying as, and I said, man, I said, I told him, I said, man, I wish all pastors, I wish, or, or people who are putting ideas like start, I wish pastors, pastors specifically should start most of their sermons with the words, what if, you know, yeah. and then maybe that might calm some ideas down a little bit. Cause at the end of the day, like I said, originally was no one knows what the hell's really going on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so funny. Sorry to interrupt, but, um, since I've started doing the podcast too, every time I go to church Sunday, like I want to just raise my hand like 17 times and be like, but wait, wait, what about, you know, but what if, what if, you know, that would be so, I wish there was some kind of like a Q and a panel thing. Going back to that, circling back to school when we had the Bible question answer class and I simply asked the guy, I was, I wasn't being, see, that's a problem. I always got knocked, down or sent out of the room for being a smart ass. But I really asked, I said, well, you're talking about all the omnis, omnipresent, omni, 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 God is all these things. Right. And I was like, then therefore by all this omni-ness you're talking about, then hell, hell is right in the middle of it all. Like hell. Uh, and I, and I, it's, it's why I, that has to be included. Ooh. Yeah. And then, point. and then, so which that made me get into deeper stuff like reading or actually listening to a lot of Carl Jung lectures and stuff. And I had a, a weird experience one day where I remember, yeah, it was, a, it was a very deep meditative kind of weird thing I was doing. And I opened my eyes. I was looking at a marble slab thing in this person's house and on their counter. And it's like, I saw the yin yang kind of vibe to it all, but in marble, I saw it was intertwined, not so clearly yin and yang. It was like, like waves. Was it like transcendental meditation, something like that, or like, uh, yeah. And a lot of really interesting things. I love that. I, mean, I love that stuff. I, I've, I write my best music. It actually either in the middle of it or coming out of it, you know. So it's it's uh, it's really interesting for me. So I would ask those kind of questions that I was now seeing. I'm still asking those questions, but trying to, you know, in, in a fun way and like and and. But I was asking it legitimately back then. I wasn't into that then. But it was a real question. I was just like, I want to figure out how, where does where does what you're scaring me with fit into the all of Omni? Very true. So, yeah. so where, so when did, what was kind of the signs that the band, like what was the circumstances of y'all breaking up? Was it amicable? Was the writing on the wall or y'all just kind of got done with it or? Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, it's a lot of little things, but for me it was like, you know, we were going through that, that weird ping pong match of playing like a label showcase and then driving all the way out there to play for this, these, this marketing team. And like we had, um, we played CBGB's one day and they, at 4 PM because the marketing people at Island records wanted to see us and we drove all the way out of the way and they watched about four songs and walked out. And I was like, well, what are we doing now? So we're just still it was like, practice at CBGB. <laughs> so we did that. And then he calls back like two days later. He's like, oh, that was really awesome. Do you think we could come up and play for the rest of the marketing team in like a month? And I was just like, I think bands had to make it or break it. Even if you're doing like, it feels like you're doing something right. But man, it's the pressure's on. It's just weird. It's what happens. I think a lot of people, I think it's a, a lot of people self-defeat themselves in a lot of way. And I sure. don't, not saying that's exactly what we did, but it, it felt very much we were. It was like an anxiety was building. Like, like were we gonna, were all self supporting at that point? Were we all like in the in the black, or was it? No, I mean we're pretty self supporting. We, I mean, we uh, we all had uh, the other guys lived with their parents. Um, nice. I ended up getting married at some point, but still, uh, she, like became my sugar mama, so that was good. They paying the bills while I was gone. Um, <laughs> so, but now I would come home some tours with some nice cash, and sometimes we're like, well, I had to. We dropped the transmission, had to fix that. Yeah. So that was all going on there. So it was never really a, too much of a conflict. We all hang out. How all, how old were y'all? Like around the how old were you in like the the oh three oh four oh five? You'll see. Um, geez, man. So I was uh, about twenty five or so when the band broke up. Or was twenty seven. Yeah. With that, something like that. 
25. So it was that's when we decided to stop doing it, and I started terminals pretty pretty much right after that, you know. Um, so uh, and EC the drummer, he's he's the uh, production manager for T Pain now. No way. Yeah, we yeah, then we actually do Mr. Payne's merchandise. So. Mr. Payne. Please uh, tell me you call him Mr. Payne. I want to do a commercial with him, do like a spoof on like T, like T Payne, you know, or something. Yeah, that'd be good. And a lot of weird, silly skits and stuff like that. For, oh, for... no, that sounds awesome. Um, so what was life, life like directly after? Well, I guess it's pretty busy starting up a t-shirt company, but... Uh, yeah, what just what was life like when the band kind of? I mean, did you feel like you lost a sense of direction, or or yeah, kind of you were happy with it, or? Yeah, I mean, it, it was weird. Yeah, both both uh, both of those things. I mean, I was ready. Okay, I've always been one to roll with some punches, you know, and just be like, "What do I want to do next?" But I but I had a plan. I knew what I wanted to do. I, I saw the, we saw the end of selling CDs, so that's stopping. What do we do about that? So I got into merchandising. Band stops. I remember talking to my mom, and she's like. Well, you can go back and finish your marketing degree or you know how to make merchandise. So why don't you do that? So it's really my mom's like saying, don't go to school. Just go sell band merch to people. It started as band merch, but now it's, it's morphed into so much more. You know, so. That's awesome. So, so yeah, it just kept – yeah. So it just – and that's where I am today. And then I developed stuff like Storefront and some other projects we're doing too. So I, it's it's cool still being kind of in it. still so like all the band scene, you know. Right. On this side of it, kind of like people who go into recording or like EC right. production, you know. So it's, like, it's the best of both worlds. Like you have the security of like a steady paycheck and a job and all that good stuff, but you still get to yeah, do what you love and hang out with the people that you love. So right. were, were you still were you like uh, involved in a church at that time? Have you have you ever really been a church guy or? I um. My my yes my well no I was uh, back in the middle of the band days. Uh, it's funny because I did this. Uh, I we I was going to a vineyard church and they yeah. uh, at some point like the, ended, the chain of vineyard churches yeah. yeah. I ended up being I don't know if you would definitely wouldn't want to call me a full on youth leader or something but I just we our band was having so many kids come to that to yeah. church with us and I guess they saw that. Uh, I guess some sort of like leadership kind of quality in me, I guess, if you want to call it that. So I'd like be like, Hey, we're going to go river rafting as a team. Let's go do it. You know? So, you know, it's those kind of things. Uh, but then uh, when the band stopped, Caitlin, my wife got a job uh, at a, at a church. Um, some of our friends started a church and um, they needed some help doing that. So I would go there too. Um, but I, I just, I, I don't know. I've, I, I, I've, I play with ideas so much around it all still. Um, there's so many crazy things that I've kind of discovered in it all um, that it means something way different to me now, um, and, but still very important in the sense of like a curiosity. I keep going back to that. Sure. I have to go back to that because, because it's just once you start digging into, it feels like you're finding weird little things. Like why the heck is that in there for sure? Oh, yeah. No. Listen to you talk to somebody this morning. Oh man, it was on YouTube. I'm talking about all the DMT references in the Bible and stuff like that. Oh yeah. The <laughs> Reverend Danny Nemu. Yeah. And I, to be bluntly honest, well, I think what got me hyper into like, man, I am interested now is in like curiously interested is like, why does a psychedelic experience – first of all, you're going to face exactly what you're afraid of. That's going to happen. Mm -hmm. and, and that's going to show up. And I didn't – obviously, I've told you many times, I don't want to be afraid. Like there's this – like I don't want to be fear-driven. It's like you're afraid of fear itself almost. Like, but, but, but yeah, that's happening and it comes and it's like ex existential terribleness meets you in the middle of it all because you're supposed to end someday and you better get it right before that happens. Did, have you had a, a psychedelic experience? Full on breakdown. Yes, I, I, I don't want to say I liked it. I was, was this what you were talking about that happened like five or six years ago? That that one that no that one I had another one. I tried it again. I was I can go back. Can okay. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me. Yeah. Tell no. Me I, the story. I, I, one happened back when before I started Terminus. Okay. And that was the one that really shook me a lot. Like was it mushrooms or LSD or that one. Believe, uh, well, I don't know. I really don't ah. know. Nice. I was on a marketing job and I was smoking. I mean, it, it was weed, but there was 
something else in there. So I didn't have a lot of experience with it. Sure. I, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, what's funny is anytime I've ever watched any documentaries about people doing DMT are like, I, cause I've told so, so many people like, Oh, it sounds like you were on something. Else. I was like, yeah, I think it was, but I don't know what the heck I was on cause I don't have the experience. And I'm watching these DMT documentaries. I'm like, that's it. Like, yeah. Especially I, if it was, yeah. If it's I, something there, there's very few things that can be like on top of a bowl of something that would do that. So, I mean, it was like physically controlling the universe with your hand. Mm-hmm. There's a ferret right there. I just noticed. Oh yeah, yeah, I got two. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, they're was, my they're my buddies. That was a raccoon at first. I just watched the news. <laughs> I watched Avengers Endgame and I was like, Oh, dude, yeah, it was but, so good. Speaking about controlling the universe, uh, yep. back to <laughs> the no, it it was that it was I saw. I saw things that I, I felt this weird thing that says I will never feel this level of knowledge unless I come back to it. Oof. Like, like, like this is where you, you're, you need to be and that terrified me, you know? Um, but it knocked me out for the day after. Like, was I, it, was it like innate or did you feel like it was, um, uh, some sort of entity, entity. that, that, it felt like an entity. Okay. Mm-hmm. It felt. Did it feel malevolent or neutral? Uh, enticing. It was. It felt. Uh, it felt like uh, a, a, a version, uh, a mirror of myself. Oof, but it, yeah. but it wasn't necessarily. Obviously, I felt like it wasn't me because it was the same thing, and it wasn't like even. That's so hard. Anytime you try to describe it's so yeah, it's so it's, hard to just describe. Gonna, you're gonna sound like you're on drugs. Which, which is why I, I <laughs> cannot stand people when back when I would tell people about like uh, tripping experiences, and they'd be like, "Oh, what'd you see?" And it's like, it's not what you know. It's not what did I see? It's like this just impossible to describe. Yeah, internal. It, I mean, it, there are. It, it's more of a knowledge. It's more of a, 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 a like like you're seeing about 400 different camera angles on so many things at once. And it's again, anything you say about it is going to sound like you're on drugs. I was having a conversation today earlier with somebody about this. Not to get off track about not necessarily that, but about um, the other night I was walking home and uh, it was for a friend's birthday from the bar. And I guess I drank a little too much. And I usually, I'm usually pretty good about not doing that. I learned from the band-aids not to get, you know, that way. <laughs> I guess I had recorded, I don't know, I just started, I, it was like an 18-minute recording on my phone of me just talking about the game and the, all this crazy stuff that's wonderful. And then I got to edit it down to about a three-and-a-half-minute segment. So I'm decided I'm just going to put it out there because I don't know what the heck I was talking. Well, I do know what I was nice. talking. But it's neat, it's weird to wake up to that in your hand and be like, well, I don't really remember doing this. And I had that kind of moment in a long time, but I was saying things that kind of matched up with what I was seeing back in, then. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if I was still processed. That's another thing people don't understand is that people, when you say you've done something, some people like, don't get me wrong. People do a lot of things. Some little, like Terrence McKenna was saying, like at one point there was like eight, years or something between him doing psilocybin like whatever he had done had like he still was like processing in a way uh it's like a haunting thing but not always bad it's good and bad at the same time like you you can freak yourself out or be amazed you know yeah i i um it's funny i went home for easter to my parents house and i got to go this last weekend and i got to go um or whenever it was, two weekends ago, and I got to go through, um, they had kept a bunch of my old stuff from high school, and I found one of my old uh, trip journals where I would just try to document my old mushroom trips from when I was like 16, and it is it is just like ridiculous gibberish, but it was just funny. And, and mine were, I I, I, um, I don't know how much of my story you know, but I'm a uh, an addict, I was a heroin addict and all that, but before then I had my experimentation phases, and one, I th- thoroughly hallucinogen myself out and every like after i got into like speed and amphetamines it was all and i had like a um, ptsd experience and all my trips were just complete anxiety nightmares and so it's yeah so it's my days and even that's in sobriety i i will say that's that's one of the things 
that it's like, hmm, that's that's still, I would like another, it's been like five or six years, you know, time to break out of this paradigm I'm stuck in, but it's like, um, the the best description I had someone say about it, though, is it, it can become like a spiritual pornography, where it's like, like you said, there's ways to get there through meditation and seeking and like uh, yeah. contemplative stuff. So what was really interesting was um, sometime after one of those experiences, I was at home about to go to work in the morning and I was laying in bed. I was listening to some, I listened to a lot of like Alan Watts as well. I love, I listen to philosophy like nonstop, but he's either punk rock or philosophy. That's where I'm at. And, and I was laying in bed and I was learning about this. He's talking about these Buddhist dudes or, or something like that, that were like, they were like excommunicated from their like mountain because they were doing this super technique that was basically deep transcendental stuff that they were forcing themselves in this other place without a guru there to bring them back because it was a power thing they were trying to 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 get there and i i was just like that's and he's telling a story i remember the only way is i remember donnie darker with that light like yeah I'm literally in my bed in my house and I went like that and I went like that and it sprung back like something sprung back and threw me back to the way I felt when I was in that hotel room six years before or something. And by my, and I woke up, I know I had all this stuff going on. I remember controlling the dogs walking up and down my hallway, like literally rewinding and fast forwarding them. I woke up. It's weird that I I felt like I was stuck and it felt like years had gone by. Yeah. and then next thing I know, I wake up completely nude on my kitchen floor in a fetal position. But I, after I had accepted that I was the universe and decided to big bang myself, I sprung back and I became that on my floor. So, so you – well, I guess let's – I, I want to hear about the experience you had that – was it a psychedelic experience that made you decide to stop being afraid? Was that the experience you're talking about or was that a – Yes. Well, what that, no, what, yes and no. What that did was it helped me not be afraid to ask. When I would raise my hand in that Bible class, I was asking what I thought was the smart questions, but I knew there were deeper questions. Mm-hmm. I was trying to see, Kenny Ham, what, what were they, what were they, if I asked this one, this one's a little rough because it's a little, little it's, litmus test. Yeah. Like, and, and I would be, you're being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't sit here and tell him what. I had this hint about back then when I was a kid, I had this feeling that there's something more to the story. And then when I went into those moments, maybe some of it met me face, but it's such a power energy blasting by you. Sometimes that it's hard to grab like these, there was sometimes I grab these little nuggets, but then all of a sudden, boom, I take off again. And like, it'd be out mm-hmm. of mind. It was very weird. It's like, I, I wanted to be able to hold on to a, a a good thought in that world. And I couldn't, it was more springing me. So I come out of it and be okay, process, process, process. But, but like I said, when I was drinking the other day, walking home, I find these weird ways to process after the fact, the things that I felt in there. So what I think it did for me was open up, not so much to drop the fear of what it is out there, I guess so, but it was more about not being afraid to get curious about, it. like I keep preaching, like, like keep going yeah. to it and not being not being mad about it, like all the atheist kids we were talking about earlier. I'm not mad about it. We were all dumb. We were all confused. Yeah. Trying to figure out because we're all scared. And what happened was is people bet on something because they were scared in the first place. And they got crumbled and then they were hurt. And then they don't know what to do now. And they're frustrated. They felt like a dad walked out on them. They felt Yeah. They it's traumatic. And there's something bigger that, that, that I think is going on. And that's, I think it's important to have that part of the story because it goes back to Carl Jung that I was talking about before as he has all these thoughts of you have, it's like the story of Pinocchio. You have to, you have to like all these figure things were happening to Pinocchio in the stories, but all he was trying to do is get the, 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 uh, the, the strings cut off of him. He wanted to be a real boy, you know, but then the minute you thought you're going to transform you you go this way that way you get stolen by this creature that creature and there's adventures going on so the anger and all the eighth of kids who said they were atheists now that's just their part of the that's their story there's a part of this adventure going on i think and it, sure. i know I, I get very like oh, whatever about it. but then i go write these courage your heart songs about that and the 
what I loved at the end of uh, Pinocchio, there were Carl Jung, and talk, he talked about that it's everyone eventually has to rescue their father from inside the, be the belly of the beast. And mm. in other words, your father has let you down in some way, and then you're angry about it, but until you realize that he needs your help and you become his father for a moment to pull him out of the belly, that's what Pinocchio went there to do. So it's kind of like God left the atheist, all of us, you know? But, but somebody pedestalized him in the first place. Let's get that straight. Okay, mm -hmm. and then he was taken away from us in a way, be it an expectation was broken or, you know, I thought I was supposed to have this, you know, cheery life. And then my wife cheated on me or your your your, you know, dad died earlier or somebody some tragedy trauma happened. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you felt like your father wasn't there. And it's uh, so in that song that my friend was upset about, I talk about. That God was the, I said, I talk about the clockmaker's lost time, like it's talking about God himself. And that I realized that right now, that it felt like Christ needed a savior, God needed the savior now. And, and then, and it's talked about going to, uh, to rescue God out of the belly of the beast. Because Ooh, I'm sure that raised some hackles then. Well, I know. Yeah, that, no, but it, that's, that's, that's interesting. I actually said, just what if, you know, if Christians are the one who let us, lets us down all the time. More people are more people are not Christians because of other Christians, first of all, right? Okay. So if that's what that is, then that would be anti-Christian. So I always wondered, what if the fact of calling yourself a Christian and not being that, then you are the Antichrist himself as a group? You see what I'm saying? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean that – oof. So the body of Christ, well, the body of Christ is the Antichrist. What if it, oh wow! Well, and that I was—that's kind of similar. What I've reached so air quotes again, deconstruction and all that, and exvangelical and all that stuff is super vogue right now, popular or whatever. But it, it is almost in a way like so you know Jesus came to do away with the whole legalistic Pharisaic order thing. It was like this is how you've been doing. It's all wrong, or like there's a few things that are good, but largely you're way off base. And it's almost like that's happening again, and like it happened with Martin Luther and the Reformation. It's like it seems like it happens every so often mm -hmm. because we get stuck in these rigid, I'm better than you, or I'm in the ins, you're in the outs because of this, that, and the other. And it, it does kind of seem like we're going through another phase of that, but I, I will confess, my, I have, I, I, operate a lot of times out of fear of fear of being wrong um and i think primarily maybe my fear comes from i rely on i attribute to and rely on god for like my sobriety for instance so it's like i'm so terrified of being wrong whatever that means because the consequences could potentially be me going off the rails again, right? If that so, makes sense. Well, yes. And, you know, and one thing to think about is, number one, you were talking, I think it's important for people to realize that Jesus didn't die for our sins. That's what we were told. The Bible says he was murdered, number one, not died for. This was not like, this. he was like, this is going to suck. Okay? He was murdered for saying he was God. But most of the time, he also said, you're going to do greater things than me. He also said that that I'm within you kind of stuff. You know what I mean? He was very inclusive. So what you have to do, first of all, to a figure like that, <clears throat> is to uh, execute him, number one. And then you have to pedestalize him and say he was the only one that could have those powers and stuff like that. So we all look to something else bigger than ourselves to keep us because we were afraid we're space is too big time is too long all this stuff is too big for us and we need there to be a cosmic being apparently to keep us grounded but it was you the whole time this the whole thing that was his message Ooh. that 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 huh. what happened was is he had an awakening process happened and he realized that he was connected. You see, a lot of people think you, uh, you talk about receiving the Holy Spirit. You probably hear people talk about that. Mm -hmm. But what if it's already on and you just have to realize it's on? 
what would happen, you know? And that, so that's, these are all what if questions. I'm not saying this is what I believe. I'm just saying these are, my mind has been churning and fit, opening up as wide as I can from those experiences we talked about to be able to not be afraid to ask these questions that puts all, all, anything, anything out there. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, there's, yeah, I, I almost feel like that could be, could that not be never ending though? And is that a good thing? Do we need, should there not be, well, ugh, yeah, I guess that could even go back to like it, absolute truth. And is there such a thing? And, um, I mean, so I guess in practical terms, is, is there a specific God? If, if, if we, if we, if you want to use that terminology that you pray to do you have more of a a meditative prayer life do you how does that work in your daily life these days so the closest thing i do that i would just to speak specifically about prayer the closest thing that i do that i'll say there is to be able to when my mind's running to when i'm trying to go to sleep at night mm -hmm. i um learned a really interesting technique that you uh deep breath in but on your breath out you either almost like a whisper if you got to do it, whatever you got to do and with like what you're thankful for where you have complete gratitude for you know what i mean uh, it could be and it, nothing's off the table there it could be your dog it could be your mom and dad or whatever or just your life where you are now off the drugs that you're on mm -hmm. well thankful i'm there but it's like so you're falling asleep in gratitude complete like thankfulness you know and even if you're in a way of like yeah but something sucked today well, get over it and find something thankful. You have to. That's the only, I mean, like you said, if you've gotten over drugs, the, the answer to it at some point was I have to. Like, yeah. I mean, like, get, like, yeah. it's like, very true. Yeah, but I'd rather, it's a lot easier if I just do them. But yeah, yeah. get over it. You have to, you have to get over it. And it's, it's a pushing process in a, in a, it's, I, I ended, I've never had that happen to me before, but I understand how, God, how, like, so how tough that would be. You know what I mean? Just to be mm -hmm. like, Especially if there's something inside of you driving to have it like a hunger. That's what I can't understand. Is is that? Except for maybe food, because I'm a bigger guy. But you know. Yeah, sure. It's all similar. <laughs> but um, so what I the only way I figure out to be able to put my mind in ease and, and whatever is go through this like process of of it of, of, of gratitude. Now, would you say I'm praying? Uh, sure, let's do that. Or am I not? Sure, I don't care. I really don't care. <laughs> like I w see. And how did you? Yeah, I mean that—that is. The, I would it, say in a lot of ways that is a very. I am jealous of that mindset because I am. Number one, you're. If if it is okay, if uh, to, the story, that you're playing right now, would be really boring if you spoiled it for yourself. You don't want to spoil the movie. Play it, play it all out, and see how it goes. But the whole time you're watching a movie with a good story, you're curious the whole time. How's this going to end? How's it going to end? I don't understand how you can deny somebody uh, that you didn't know them or they give them attention or whatever you want to call it. You know, the whole time you're in curiosity and having a good time, you're like, oh, this is freaking crazy. How's this going to end? Because I don't know. I don't want to know. Mm. Do you have th – what, what are your thoughts on uh, the afterlife? Don't know. <laughs> well – I would rather tell people, like, again, I, I like to be very careful to say, like, I don't want anybody to be like, I heard John Lennon, he believes this. But, okay, fine, move that aside. And I say, well, let's write a, uh, let's write a new kind of sci-fi uh, sci movie that's a spiritual, uh, uh, you said Psychonaut the other day in one of the things I was listening yeah. to. Uh, mix that with the spiritualism because that shows up there. That It all feels something in there in that world. But uh, there's very few people uh, that have made movies like that. So I was just thinking about what would be an ultimate crazy movie to blow somebody's mind. And, I like, and it goes back to that Omni talk we were talking about earlier. And I was like, oh, that'd be interesting. What would it be like if you were all? And if all was happening to you at one time, all thought. We can't fathom it, but I'm just saying they try to, and you're already like, oh, that's, that's too much, right? Mm -hmm. So how, I wonder how God feels about that, if that's true. Say it's true. Yeah, that must be that must suck. They're really bad because you're just being blasted by information all the time. Eventually, you'd probably start to have a breakdown, and um, and and say, "Man, I wish there was something else." In other words, there there was this and that, something over there, this and that. And then, then Genesis one, I said, it's, and a lot of people think the sun was made on, on uh, let there be light kind of talk. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
Well, there's some translations that deeper translations in, uh, that says let there be difference. Let, yeah. Let, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let there be relativity is, is a good way to think about that. So now you have a you and I have a me and we have a space between, which is time. So then we break that apart. I was like, okay. So, and then you break, keep moving forward and there's all the stuff that's created, all these thoughts are created. I always liked, what my favorite part about that story was, and I'll get to where I'm, my point is, on the sixth day, the, the day of man, 666, so you can call that if you like, the, the, the number of man, God created this avatar, this vessel. And on the seventh, it said he went to sleep, but it never talks about him waking up again. And I always thought that was interesting. They never talked about the eighth day and his awakening. So like, <laughs> that's true. That's interesting. So ah, ah, that is interesting. So, so, what if? You guys go to the what if? And through all the omni talk, that you can't have a thing. You can't ever experience a thing because you're always knowing a thing because you know everything. To experience, you have to first have the space in between the this or that. So you cannot be something for a minute. If you want to skydive, I can tell you knowledge all day. I can tell you all day about. It's probably falling out of plane, blah, 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 blah. Have you ever skydived? Absolutely not. But what if I created gravity and all the blah, 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 and I can now go skydive? I go experience this. That's important. Experience is different than knowledge, right? You can know something about experience. But I was like thinking, well, <clears throat> what if on the seventh day he fell asleep and broke himself into trillions of billions of little pieces? So we can experience. So Omni is actually created from the knowledge of all the different camera angles called the human consciousness, building an experience. So that's the only way God knows. The only way God knows in this theory what it's like to do the, the drug experience that you've had to have a podcast talking to me right now is because you're experiencing it. He's experiencing like a DVR right now. And therefore, <laughs> and that's... therefore you are vitally important that's your personal savior right there so you think about this you're always told you had a personal savior but not not like that you're told if you if you believe this guy enough he might connect with you and maybe you'll never see him he's gonna hide in the bushes and eventually one day he'll save you blah blah, blah. but what if you rescue the savior from the belly of the beast and realize that you were the reason the whole time do you see what i'm saying that you are the pilot of the ship and you're going where you're going, and he would never. The reason he knows everything is because there's all these little human consciousness running around this planet, experiencing, feeding back. Whoa, John, you're blowing my mind here. <laughs> so I write music about that. And wow, yeah, yeah. So tell us, so, as so, yeah, as as and then people get to mad finish about, this out. Tell us about that. And then people get mad about that, and that's where the other story. See. Even all my stories, I like to think they're all intertwining here. I'm coming back to them and letting you know there's a there's a cohesiveness there, but I know it's jumping around like a Back to the Future movie. You know what I mean? But no, it's that's where the like, that guy got mad because I'm sitting here saying these what if questions, and I'm telling, him, look, dude, I'm not I'm not saying believe me. I'm saying I thought it was really interesting when you know Jesus kept telling me that I'm going to do better things than he did, and. I'm not. I don't want to die on a cross. I don't want to. Die. I want to keep doing this thing. Because maybe he knew he was. He would have to. Uh, <clears throat> he would have to tell the world, like, if you awaken and pay attention, like, not even pay attention, but understand that you're vitally important in that thing. The Holy Spirit is actually that connection back to the DVR that we were talking about. And, huh. and you know, so and by the way, there's all kind of weird stuff like that. Example. Uh, think about this, uh, the word a and the in the English language, we're like, oh, that's singular, kind of. But if I said you're a shit or you're the shit, there's two to <laughs> two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So grab me the book or grab me a book. Which one are we talking about? The Bible or just the book over there? You know, the book. Oh, well, that's a Bible. So what does that mean when you go back and retranslate that I am the way, the truth, and life, and no man comes to the Father except through me? Or is it I am a way, a truth, a law, light, and blah, 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 blah. So go back and realize that what happened was is when the English language was made, we inserted ourselves into the equation all over the Bible. We, we, so what's an alternate reading of that? What, what's an alternate translation of that? That it's uh, of that specific thing? 
Uh-huh, that specific that, thing. That's the whole thing is you'd have to go back. There's the context just isn't there except for – I don't know if this is true, but someone – once only at the when you get to – no one gets to the father has that little squiggle next to the, their singular word. So that means there's this proper, like respected A. I don't know if that's the way to say that. I might be way wrong on that. But I'll, I want to look at that and I'll tell you if I'm right or wrong. But, okay. but it's like A, you know, does it say, but I am a way, a truth, and a light. No one gets to the father, the DVR, the omni, except by me. Or is it by my awakening? By me huh. understanding that you are part of this experience, you are the experience. You, you, you're very, again. I think it's very important for people to finally realize. So every problem I've ever had, and every wonderful thing I've ever had, was needed. Every bit of it. Yeah, agree and on that for sure. So there's your cross, by the way. Because your suffering is your it is there. You had to go through it so that so God would be, so yourself would get to know itself. And therefore, the DMT, I think, I, I told you, I, I saw something that felt like a mirror that I was looking at. Yeah, and, and I would say to all of that, the only pushback I have is the one thing I do, the one thing I'm careful of is deifying myself, right? I am cautious about that. Right. I guess you could... <clears throat> now, go ahead. You look like you had something to that. So, the way, the reason you don't do that, because, the la- again, the last time that someone was deified like that in that way, not the last time, but the one we know about, again, they figured out that that's how you crumble the idea. You take the the, the person and you pedestalize him and put uh, crosses all over a church and you worship the the, the, the figurine, the one the, the singular. And that's not what he was here. He's, again, he said, if you do, you do unto the least of these, you do unto me. He said, you know, you, he's, the whole Bible is filled with this. It, as you're doing to each other, you are doing to myself. You're doing back to me, which is also you. And it's this paradoxical kind of thing that flips. Therefore, wow. yeah. and also, I love the thought of things being hidden in plain sight right now. Because think about it. We see so many alien movies or zombie outbreaks. I guarantee if a zombie comes running down your 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 street right now you'd be like why is that kid dressed up like a zombie in the middle of sure totally but what if he was real and you yeah. you see what i'm saying what if the alien landed were like okay what what cg method is this i like the whole thing when people say what if we're all one and be awesome hippie dippy bullshit cool that's a good way to hide that in plain sight real quick is to smash it in front of everybody by pedestalizing it making fun of it and smashing it yeah huh so the reason you wouldn't don't need to worry about that is because you then if you realize okay but everybody else in that same thought uh that your neighbors needed just as much as you are in that equation and that what if what if when you when we do die if there is an afterlife it's just awakening to that whole truth maybe mm-hmm. and i also like the idea of that uh once you start to really understand that the energy gets so expansively intense that it blows up again and starts it all over Big bang. Yeah, I've had that thought. Yeah, that it's just constantly restarting. God, it's all. It is all fun to think about. It's all exhausting too. Oh, sometimes. No, I love that. But see, that way you can. It goes back to sleeping well at night. I can be thankful for all the things. Just through this thought, I'm like, so in my experience, what do I have that I'm like, man, I wish I had more of, you know, and or, or whatever I really appreciated. Then I start being gratitude. That gratitude, so it's coming there. I'm already exhausted from thinking about this all day. Not you know these kind of thoughts, and then I pass out and go to sleep and. Do it all over again, just like my thought told me it would. Boom, it happens all over again the next morning, you know? <laughs> well, John, this has been unexpectedly awesome. Uh, tell, um, so plug your plug your new musical venture and, and whatever else you would like to. Uh... So, Courage Dear Heart, what that is, is again, um, it's a C.S. Lewis quote, number one. Uh, by the way, he's phenomenal. I don't care what anybody says. Even if even if somebody's like an atheist, you go back and read Mere Christianity. You, oh, it's incredible. You'd be like, well, okay, cool. Someone I could talk to, or at least be, right. you know, have these kind of thoughts and talk with, and not be like, well, the Bible. Well, tell me, let's dig it. Let's just break it up and have some. Yeah. Fun. Because I, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm okay with it all being bullshit. I'm okay with it all being completely true. I'm really am. I don't. I don't care anymore. That comes through what C.S. There's a truth in your heart is like. It's essentially telling your heart to have courage. Is like, do not be afraid anymore. Yeah. Dave Bazan once said that Fallen, it's called Fallen Branches, the name of the actual album. Mm-hmm. 
that was his divorce letter to God. And I tell people I kind of like mimic that idea, not that idea, but this, I decided that the first Courage of Heart album, it's 11 song album, is my divorce letter to fear. Yeah. It, it has just littered these ideas I was telling you about with all these little instances of my life. And actually there's this weird, I'm talking about, some people are like, what are you talking about this one thing? Well, that's a multiverse like shoot off of what I wish I would have done. So I'm then, it's like therapy, I'm going back through and playing out what I wish I would have done over here so I can at least mentally experience that and come back and know that and keep moving on forward. Processing is what I'm doing. So there's this weird time loopy stuff going on in my music where I'm singing about one song a minute, but I'm actually singing about something that happened in the earlier song. So I'm, I'm creating this like, I've actually been trying to lay out like a timeline of all the songs. So they all intertwine into some, some bigger story. I have four more songs coming out soon that actually loop back on top of those that explain what I was talking about and other things. So, Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. It's very deep. And it's really, I, and I, I did check it out and it's, that's, I had no idea that that was the lyrical depth because musically it's very satisfying and catchy punk rock. Like yep. it was just like, I was like, man, this is, this is like, um, senior year of high school, summertime school's out. Like it just brought me back to a really enjoyable time in my yeah. life. So yeah, yeah I had no idea. Fun. Yeah. It's always been my favorite kind of music. And then, but I mean, from not being in the band, I still like uh, play music all the time. I play guitar, and I got better, you know, at all these things. I got better at writing melodies and lyrics and all that stuff. So I was like, man, I really want to put the songs down because um, I think there's something powerful about, especially uh, no, about writing something down in some way, like documenting it, yeah. and being like, again, if I'm saying, guys, I just had to amend myself. Like, okay, guys, I'm saying, what if not this is, you know. And I wish people hear me on that because it's just like, there's this, it's like a fantasy world. It's like people can talk about Game of Thrones and be all like, no, dude, you don't understand. They're like, why can't they talk about these ideas? And the reason is, is because they're terrified because it's, it's, re, it's a lot more, it, if it is real, you know, because we were growing up told, told them that this, this stuff was real. Yeah. You know what I mean? So to me, there's this intensity around that, that I was like, man, this is crazy. So I want to write intense music maybe that's why it is more in that punk rock kind of vein to capture that that energy or dynamic energy but i wanted to speak through it and sometimes it's so cryptic it's very hard to explain these ideas of you through songs sometimes i don't fully but i know what i'm talking about that's why some of the imagery that i'm going to be putting out will tie it all back together so that's what i do now is i write it's more of a hobby thing but and people, I'm very happy that people are really gravitating to it. Like the amount of, yeah, and, and the amount of, I, I get so many direct messages a day. People ask, well, what do you mean you said this, this, and this is like, man, people are paying attention to the lyrics. I was like, that's pretty awesome. Like it makes me, well, do you have them transcribed somewhere now? No. Oh, uh, well please do. Cause I'm going to go back in. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to try to I take that back. If you go to YouTube, there's, um, there's three lyric videos so yeah i do have the, okay i'm just saying like, not like a like a guitar tabs where you can like read them all out yeah 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 but, um no i've got one i'm almost done editing right now for so i'm going back to the first album for at least the second ep and just putting out all the songs like lyrical um uh videos you know and i just kind of make some cool imagery and uh, that kind of stuff but yeah check that out i mean and i would love to know what people think about it so yourself anyone listening just ask questions and just uh I love to play around with ideas. Uh, it's fun because it's hard to say uh, uh, something is or isn't bullshit because we don't know. So we get to go to play mode and like really be like, ooh, yeah. what, if, what if this is like this way? And I guess that's why I just want to make sure I hit home. Even encourage your heart, what we were talking about, that level of curiosity. I would tell people, like, to, it's funny, forgive, forgive, forgive the Christians. They know yeah. not what they do. No, no, uh, <laughs> no, because if you realize that people are scared, if we, yeah, that's, I think I want people to take away from this is understand people are scared. They're trying to figure out the right thing. You know, there they are. And sometimes they get angry and hurt people in trying to find the right thing, you know, and it sucks, but you just got that. You have to give it, you have to be like, man, okay, I'm not going to, but also I'm not going to let them jade me so deep that I can't play like a kid anymore. Yeah. Oh, so that's what I would say is get, 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 go back to at least be 
you know, find something interesting. If it's not interesting, don't even worry about it because it'll all happen. If, if what I'm talking about is true, it will happen a completely different way. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll happen. And that's, I think that's what I'm excited about is to see no matter what, how does it all tie together? You know? Yeah. So. Uh, Very cool. By the way, go back to the uh, Avengers Endgame. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it, like, that movie is pretty awesomely um, satisfying in that way. I don't know if you yeah. it or not. Uh, like how many just you realize that pretty much everything you've seen in the past was there for a reason. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, man, if they can do that with a Disney movie with whoever created, if there is a thing that created reality, can't wait to see that engine that, <laughs> that made that. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I do. Unlike. Unlike some atheistic beliefs, I, however it ends, I feel like it is going to be more satisfying than we could have thought, and it will all make sense. Yeah, I love that you say that because, yeah, I mean, that, that's, uh, that, that, that's the way to do it because I don't want people to miss out on some fun and just being – don't be – unless somebody wants to be just grumpy and angry about it. Like, <laughs> but, man, right. it's, there's just too many good things going on to, like, get angry. <laughs> yeah. Man. Well, John, thank you so much for for coming on, and uh, like I said, that was unexpectedly awesome. So, um, yeah, I will definitely uh, be in touch, man. Because, like I said, I need to make that store frontier. Yeah, man, let's do that. And anytime you ever have ideas, if you want, I'll talk as much as you want, man. I love doing this stuff. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. All right, buddy. Why, 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 why